I'm a little bit full, that spaghetti. Most of it got in my beard, though, so I went and tried to wash it out, but I think Archer fed my chin more than he fed my mouth. It was lunch. I didn't have breakfast this morning either. I'm not a big breakfast guy, so spaghetti. Cold spaghetti, though. Who enjoyed the Jason was that? <laughs> that was pretty gross. <laughs> it was a much better idea when Jenny was like, hey, I've got an idea. I was like, that sounds like fun. I'm like, oh, Jenny, it didn't taste as good as I thought. It was hopefully spaghetti when I picture spaghetti. I was hoping somebody was going to make like a really nice spaghetti, you know, this morning or something. Uh, I'd just like to pray again I just, as, we, as we just center ourselves. Father, we, uh, we collectively, as we collectively worship, Father, we want to collectively lean into your word. Father, we want to respond to your word this morning. We want to receive your word. I pray that whatever has gone through this week, we've given birth, or if we've just had a very normal week, Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would bring life that only your spirit is the center of. In the name of Jesus, we position ourselves to receive your word. Amen. Amen. So, McKevitt's had a little boy, and Angie and I are going to add a little girl to our ranks. So we, yeah, so happy. We've got too many boys. We're like ready to, to shift, and Angie needs a friend in there. She's like, okay, Archer, Bennett, and Jesse, you guys go and do your thing. I get a little girl now. So, you might have heard it, but I just wanted to share it as well. This morning, I want to jump straight into it. There is a point of difference with God's people. We talked about this a little while ago. We've been in a series, People of Influence, right? We've been in a series of, of recognizing that our mandate is not just, to, not just to exist, not to be nice, some of the things that Bruce shared last week. But our point, of, our point of difference is one of the things that I want to talk a little bit about this morning. There is a point of difference with God's people. I, I, one of the passages that I shared in the People of Influence series was the story of Moses. And I just wanted to repeat something that we already went over. Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? His presence is the point of difference that we carry. His presence is the point of difference. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is perfect peace. In his presence, where his spirit is, there is freedom. In his presence, there is purpose and destiny. There is a hope for your future only in his presence. In his presence, there is life abundant. In his presence, death has been conquered. It's in his presence. We want to we wanna pause and just, <laughs> it is so easy to go through life. It is so easy because it's like Monday comes, and then guess what happens every, every Monday? What happens next? It's Tuesday. And we have our routine of what happens on Tuesday, and we go to work, and sometimes there's these little variances. It is so easy to move away from being presence-centered, 
It's, it's just too easy. His presence, we need to pursue his presence. We need to position ourselves. I love the word that my mom brought this morning, not just because she's my mom. We need to enthrone him on our praises. We can sit and watch him pass by, but there is a response that is needed from his people to see this happen. In his presence, if we spent the entire time on a Sunday morning, or if we spent the entire day, it would not be a day misspent if we just sat quietly before the Lord. It's in his presence. I, I, I just, I'm going to just, just pause here. Freedom. Do we know what it's like to not be free? I know what it's like in different areas of my life to have not been free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This is not like a nice thing that we know about Jesus. Who he is, the very nature of God, is freedom. His very nature is joy. His very nature is peace. We are in a world that is starved of these things. We are in... Unfortunately, we're in a church that is not this, this church. I'm saying the church, big church, that is starved for these things. It is not more complicated than his presence. But this is not a spectator sport. In his presence, there is a point of difference in his presence. The influence that we carry is not to add something kind of nice to people's lives. The impact to be made is to see the Spirit of God transform lives. Do we hear that this morning, church? Our mandate is not to live good lives. Our mandate is to see the Spirit of God through you, through me, through this church, transform lives. Lives that are different. Lives that were once bound up and that are now free. Once that were lives in bondage and now they're no longer. Lives that were in depression and now they're living in joy. Lives that, were, that, that had no peace that are living in peace. Do you know that that is what our mandate is? As the church, that is what our mandate. And that's not the mandate of what happens on Sunday morning, although that's part of it. That's the mandate of the church spread throughout. It's Bill Johnson's picture that stuck with me for so long as salt scattered throughout. Salt doesn't taste very good when you just lump it on the side of the plate. But where it has the most impact is as it's spread throughout the meal. As a church, there is no other focus than we have than to seek his presence and to see his presence released in this city. But that looks like something. That, that, that looks like something. That is not nothing. The impact to be made is to see the Spirit of God transform lives, cities, nations with the love, power, and life of God. It is not to be just another good influence in the world. We are to be carriers of the very Spirit of God. to all corners of the earth and to see his wonders and miracles released. I think sometimes when we, we recognize, yep, the Holy Spirit's inside of us, that's cool. He's going to like help whis whisper to me like one or two things to help me comfort me throughout my day, and I'm going to kind of get there. The Holy Spirit is inside of you so that you can see nations transformed. The Holy Spirit inside of you is to see death come to life. That is the mandate of the Christian walk. There is something so exciting about what God has called us to. It is so much more beyond sometimes the limitations that we ourselves put on him. This is so linked to expectation and faith. 
Influence is released when we have faith for the impossible. If you catch nothing else this morning, because you're just still thinking about the spaghetti in my beard, which is probably still there, is faith for the impossible. Let your spirit catch that his spirit gives, gives a door into the impossible. That's, that's the heart of the message that I want to share this morning. Influence is released when we have faith for the impossible. And our testimonies and our stories ring of the impossible. That which man cannot achieve, God has achieved and is going to continue to achieve in and through his people. We sit here in this room, and there's churches all over, all over New Zealand. We sit as the collective body of people that the impossible will happen through. Faith for the impossible. Not the likely, not the happenstance for the impossible. You are a royal priesthood. First Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are sons and daughters of the king. We are a royal priesthood. We carry authority at the highest level. We carry authority at the highest level. And here's the thing, for the purpose of proclaiming the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. One of the things I was thinking about this is the beauty is whether you know it or not, we have all experienced the miraculous if you have accepted Jesus. You've experienced the miraculous, whether you felt that like angels shone above or not, you've experienced the miraculous his free gift of salvation that he gives, his free gift of salvation breaks the power of darkness over our lives when we surrender. He does that which is impossible from man, which is the forgiveness and redemption of our sin. He makes us who are unclean and broken, holy, blameless before him through the power of his cross. Matthew 19, 25 says, When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said this, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I think one of the reasons why I'm even going all the way back to salvation is we have to understand that the very act of salvation is an impossible thing that you've already experienced. I think sometimes we think we somehow, it was up to us how we got saved. It was within our power. Can I tell you that the impossible, regardless if you don't think anything else has happened in your life, regardless if you don't feel that God has moved in 600 years, if you have accepted him, the free gift of salvation, the impossible has occurred. There has been a dead person that's come to life in that. I want to give you that so that there is a testimony that you have that the impossible has already happened in your life. The impossible has already happened in your life. Our purpose is to express the kingdom of God in every aspect and part of our lives, proclaiming the story of how he brought us from death to life, death to life. 
from darkness to light. But this is the thing where I want to kind of zero in, and we're going to look at someone's story from the Bible. The impossible wasn't a one-time act that happened when you got saved, when he, brought, when he made a dead person living. But the God of the impossible, whose very spirit resides in us, desires to continue working out his way, his plan, his purpose in his kingdom, through his bride, through his chosen nation, through his royal priesthood today. This is what we want to look at today. I want to look at a person who saw the impossible happen many times. And we're just going to look at, at one story of this man's life. But a man that had extraordinary influence in a home that was not his own. In a country that was not his own, he was a slave that became one of the most powerful and influential men in the known world at the time. I think why that's important is sometimes we say, oh man, you don't know my workplace, Jesse. Like, oh, it's messed up. It's like, oh, ooh. Jesse, you don't know my family. You don't know what's going on there. I mean, like, I, I'm just, I'd rather just be nice to everyone rather than expect to see it transformed for the kingdom of God. You know that he's called us to see and to do the impossible through the power of his Holy Spirit. We want to learn from this, man's, this, this man of influence's life to see how we can be encouraged to have faith for the impossible. We're going back to kids, kids school this morning. Daniel in the lion's den. I love it. Daniel 6.1 says this, It pleased King Darius to set over the kingdom 120 officials to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one. To whom these officials should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and, and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground of complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. And no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this, against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. When you have the call of God on your life, when you have a destiny that God has asked you and he's put in you since before you were born, it's so significant to pray for babies because their destiny is not just what is it going to be. God has put such specific things in each of his people. He's put such a unique characteristics in each one of us. There is so much life held within the church, not just to be expressed within the church, but to be expressed in your families, in your workplaces, in your businesses, in your communities. See that released. Not for us to gather together to have it all happen there, but to see it happen out there. But if you have a call of God on your life, and you do, the powers of this world, the principalities, will challenge you. It is so important to know that you will be challenged as you walk out and live in the call that God has on your life. There will be challenges. We often ask surprise when it doesn't go as easy as we thought it was supposed to go, like, God, what in the world? There will be challenges. People of influence that carry the Spirit of God will have those that will oppose them. 
Verse 6 goes on to say, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the counselors, and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. It is our response to the challenges that come our way, to the impossible that is key. It is our response. I love it. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, Daniel made an informed decision to go to the upper chamber with his windows open, and he got down on his knees and he prayed. Do you know, Daniel knew that by praying, he was signing up to go into the lion's den. I think oftentimes we might miss that fact that by him praying, it wasn't maybe it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. When Daniel knew the injunction happened, he went to pray. How interesting is it that the enemy's tactics were to go after one thing? Prayer. Getting before the face of God is the thing that he wants to stop you from doing. The enemy's number one tactic is to see, can he make prayer boring for you? Can he wake worship unenthused? Can he get the word to just be like, just what is going on here? The number one tactic the enemy is going to do is, can he disrupt you interacting with him? Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, do not allow the enemy to distract you from the one thing that will bring his life, his freedom, his power. It resides in you, but we have to daily receive from him to be able to give anything out. Can't operate on a day that happened, on a word that happened yesterday. You have to be receiving from him. His presence, what did we talk about? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. If you're not spending time in his presence, you will not reflect the joy that he has for you. If you're not spending time in his presence, you will not be able to carry a spirit that has freedom within it. The spirit of the Lord is there is freedom, but that means spending time with that spirit so that you can pass on that freedom. One of the reasons why we want to be a people passionate after worship, passionate after prayer, we do not want, we do not want to miss the opportunities to engage the people in our lives. And it will not happen if you're not getting before his face. God will, God will do it, but he'll do it through someone that is getting before his face. We want to be a people that are receiving from him. That is number one priority. If he could just stop Daniel praying, he might have had a chance to stop the influence and the call of God on his life. If he could just stop having Daniel getting before the presence of the Lord and stop Daniel from daily filling up in his presence, then he might have a chance of stopping him. The enemy will fiercely go after your prayer time. 
He will fiercely go after your worship time. He will fiercely go after whatever he can to separate you from experiencing intimacy with him. There will be every lie in the book, every excuse in the book will come up to say, no, don't enter into that next level. The further you enter in, the further you'll be able to release those things in his kingdom. The further surrendered you are, the more that God will be able to do through your life. There is a destiny, there is a purpose, there is a calling on your life. We, we believe that. Living in purpose. It will only be released to the degree that you see and have the presence of God in your life. It is his presence that we are passionate for. And it is out of that that your purpose is released. Daniel was aware that the enemy was directly attacking his time with the Almighty, and Daniel prayed. Influence that has faith for the impossible is released through prayer. If you're looking to see the impossible, I want to say that again. Influence that has faith for the impossible is released through prayer. It is so important to study these men of God that had influence to see what they did and the impact that they had. What, what did their lives? Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. Prayer is not some like boring thing. When you come into prayer, can I encourage you to have expectation for the impossible to happen? It's going to shift your prayer life. If you start praying for the impossible, I guarantee your prayers are going to change a little bit more. Like, God bless this food. Like, <laughs> I just had a really funny joke that I probably won't share. That's okay. It's like, whoo. I, mean, I was going to say it depends on who's cooking. It might be praying for the impossible. Ooh. <laughs> It's a bad joke. It was a bad joke. I know. Well, it's, it's mostly when I'm cooking that Angie's praying, God, don't, don't let me die after this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, but hear this. Your prayer time should be one of the most exciting times of your week because you start to petition God for the impossible. If you're only praying for things that are possible, you're probably missing out on a lot of what he has for you. Are you praying for the impossible to happen? Are you praying for the impossible to be released? The Bible says the men found Daniel making petition and plea before God. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. This is the man Jesus himself. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. To have faith for the impossible, we need to begin by getting in the presence of the Lord and asking for the impossible. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Can you let that ring in your spirit this morning? With God, all things are possible. Any situation you found yourselves in, any, I don't care how dark, how depraved, how far away from the Spirit of God, with God, all things are possible. That is such a powerful verse, and we sometimes, with God, all things are possible, bah, 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 all things. Cool, what's the next song? With God, all things are possible. I don't care how far into drug addiction someone is, all things are possible. I don't care how long someone's been in prison, all things are possible. I don't care how dead you feel a church might be, all things are possible. I don't care how dark the workplace might be, all things are possible. I don't care how many people doubt that church can't transform the city, can't transform the nations, all things are possible because of the Spirit of God that lives and resides inside of you. He doesn't live and reside in anyone else. He resides in his people. And it is through his people that the impossible will be released. Your prayer time should be one of the most exciting times of your week because we are petitioning and bringing before God requests for the impossible. 
because the impossible is who he is. This is not well-wishing. God, like, would you just make my house be a lot better? That's a good prayer. Anybody can join me in that prayer as well. What are we asking for the impossible? Ask and you shall receive. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. This is who he is. Having a revelation of this changes the, the, way, the way that we pray. This is not a head understanding. This is a heart understanding of recognizing that we actually trust in who our Savior is. That we actually trust that all things are possible with him. I think too many of us don't have prayers that, that are impossible because we just don't trust God that he can actually do it. This morning, if you don't take away anything else, can I let you know he can do it? He can absolutely do it. I can only imagine the way that Daniel was praying. Can you imagine going to pray in a public place knowing that you're declaring yourself to go jump into a den of lions? My prayer time would be pretty passionate, I can tell you that. I, I mean, I always laugh at this because I'm not so sure if my windows would have been open to the degree that Daniel's windows were. My windows would have been like, I'd be able to see through it, but I'd be like tucked way back in the bathroom somewhere there, you know, like... Jesus, I love you. <laughs> Save me. Then they came near. And so this is the, the men. And said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who's one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. Yikes, prayer time didn't work. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. It's just to say he's really in the den of lions. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. You're like, yes. Whew. Took hours of study to get there, Jesse. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. So important for you to hear this morning. I think a lot of you are currently in the lion's den. You feel like you've been thrown into the lion's den, and you're saying, God, where are you? Can I tell you that Daniel was also thrown into the lion's den? There's, out of all of the things that God could have done and all of the miraculous ways that he intervened, he still had Daniel thrown into the lion's den. It's powerful. I had such a word from God that just the, the heart of, there are many that feel like they're in the lion's den this morning. 
there are many that they feel like the lions are surrounding them. There are many that feel there is, there is no hope for their situation, that the ordinance has been signed and they do not see a way out for what is happening. But this is a word of encouragement this morning that Daniel was also thrown into the lion's den. You're surrounded by lions. You're surrounded by what feels like defeat, what feels like there's no, absolutely no way out. But can I tell you that God didn't mess up with Daniel? And he hasn't messed up with you. He hasn't messed up with you. He didn't forget Daniel, and he didn't forget you. Our God is the God of the impossible. There are so many situations that I believe that are represented just in here this morning, and whoever listens to this message, of impossible things that can't happen by the power of man. I want you to just consider those as we continue finishing this story. Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me. Can I tell you that God is sending his angels to shut those lions' mouths, and they will not harm you. We can sometimes get bruised in the process, but you have a God that has not forgotten you, and that he is a God of the impossible. This story is not one of like, this is an impossible story. I want to rekindle the wonder and amazement that God still does the impossible. It's not just in stories like when the Red Sea parted. He can still do that today. He still does do that today. They have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in God. Then, uh, skipping on, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. Make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. What the, anim, what, what the enemy meant to be the demise of Daniel, God used to further the calling and the influence that Daniel carried in his life. you got to hear that. The lions represented further release into the purposes of God. But it wasn't through, like, happenstance. There was an angel that came down, an angel from heaven, that shut these lions' mouths. That's, that's amazing. That's impossible. That doesn't happen. Have you seen that little YouTube clip where the little girl blows kisses to the lion, and he goes just like, psycho, it's in the zoo? It's quite scary, and the parents, like, bring him back. She's safe because it's in the zoo. I wouldn't put my child in with a lion. A lion, unless you're Samson, which is, oh, man, that's another thing. You need to hear that he does the impossible. This story of impossibly shutting the lion's mouths will happen in your circumstance. This is one of the things that will release influence in and through your life. It is here in the impossible where the true nature of God is revealed. We do not have a God where his testimony is nice, but is impossible. 
This is the point at which influence truly increases. You will get a little bit of influence by being really nice. You really will. People will really appreciate that. But it is through the impossible that you will have a voice that can start to transform a city and a nation. It is through the impossible. We were so impacted by Jedediah Thurner and some of his stories. He is a man that saw the impossible open up so that he was even able, and Jeanette shared a little bit, to have a decree, very similar to this decree, for the entire nation of Honduras, saying this is going to be a day for God. He had influence where he shouldn't have had it. He saw the impossible. Coca-Cola became one of their major sponsors, and they didn't require any funding to be had, and they didn't even put their logo on most of the advertisements that they put through for these people. They have story after story, and people are saying, how did you get endorsements from Coca-Cola? That's impossible. I like Coca-Cola myself, but it was impossible. Can I encourage you for the seed of impossible to start growing in your hearts? What the enemy meant to be the demise of Daniel, God used to further the calling of Daniel's life and increased his influence. This is the point at which influence truly increases. If you are in an impossible situation today, rejoice. Rejoice. I'm talking impossible. I'm not talking like a little bit possible. I'm not talking like, well, if I like balance my checkbook over here and then like I just do this. And if, I'm talking impossible. Rejoice for this is where God can truly show who he is in your life and your situation. For what is impossible with man, with God, all things are possible. Luke 137, if we just haven't heard it enough, for nothing will be impossible with God. Another thing that was shared at Manifest Presence, Bill Johnson said, he who has the most influence is he who has the most hope. He who has the most influence is he who has the most hope. We have to be carriers of hope, and not blind hope, but in the face of the impossible. Carriers, we have to actually believe that somebody's life that is in one place can actually look 100% different because of who our God is. This is not an empty gospel. At the beginning, what we talked about, this is not a gospel of being nice. This is of transformation, of something being coming from death to life. This is huge. We need to let that reign in our, in, our, in our spirits. When we go into work, we should be so excited because we know, man, there's so many dead people. They're going to come into contact with the life of God that is in me, and I'm going to expect some of them to come alive. I'm going to expect that when we make a sound of worship on Sunday mornings, when we gather corporately, that chains are going to break when people are driving past. I want to expect the impossible, and I want to pray for impossible things, because that is who my God is. My God is a God of the impossible. Not a God of the polite, not a God of that we do these things this way. He is a God of the impossible. It's good. It's good, Jesse. It's good. Hope is that you believe there is something good in the future, better in the future. Hear this. We need a generation of believers that believe in the impossible going into every sphere of society, saturating it in prayer and stories of the impossible nature of our God. My story is filled with the impossible. My story is filled with the impossible. Some details I'm not allowed to share. That's okay. I come from a very broken home, and yet I get to see my family living in full restoration. 
I get to see my family living in full reconciliation and thriving above and beyond what anyone would have said that's not possible. I used to be crippled by fear. And yet through the power of the Holy Spirit and some very powerful experiences in God, he broke the power of fear over my life. And now I probably need a little bit more fear. Like, you know, some fear is a little bit healthy. I'm telling you, from where I used to be, my gosh, I I can guarantee anyone that would have used to have known me, they would have said, there's no way, Jesse, that you're going to be able to do this, and you're going to be able to do this, and you're going to be able to do this. And this is not even about me. I used to be gripped by insecurity, and now God has called me to declare his word boldly. I'm telling you that our God is a God of the impossible. He is a God. I don't care what your situation is this morning. The Holy Spirit impressed upon me so strongly to release a sound of the impossible this morning. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what this looks like. I don't care what your family looks like. He's a God that's going to work out the impossible. A people of influence are a people that have faith in the impossible. Our influence is for the sole purpose of the king and his kingdom. Can I pray for you this morning? Can I invite the worship team just to do something back there? It doesn't have to be magnificent. They're always magnificent. I just need something behind there so we won't be distracted. Yes. What? Yeah. Folks, um, I uh, I don't like doing this because it's cutting across what uh, what the flow is, but I really feel that the Lord has been speaking to me this morning about something, and it really adds completely to what Jesse's saying. So that's why I thought I'd do that. Uh, in John, uh, one John two, uh, Paul, uh, sorry, John writes and says, "I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of this name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him." who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Now, whenever the Bible says something as clear as that, it's really talking to us. But when he repeats himself, then he is being really, really uh, strong on it. And he does that straight after. He says, I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong. Now, Jesse's been talking about hope. Jesse's been talking about influence. John here is trying to qualify people for being influential people in the community. And folks, I want to talk to you just very briefly about one situation that I'm involved in at the moment, which I believe is absolutely in line with this. Now, domestic violence is a major problem in this, in this country. 118,000 call-outs last year, and they reckon that's 30% of what's happening. That's about 400,000 domestic violence incidents. It's an impossible situation. That's about one-tenth of the population are experiencing domestic violence of some sort. That is an impossible situation. But God is opening up doors in, in this city, and I believe it will be on beyond that, to influence us, because you see, we at the heart of domestic violence is control and fear. Now, perfect love casts out fear. So we have the answer of the, at the heart of domestic violence. If every man started treating his wife with, domestic, uh, sorry, with love instead of with fear, we wouldn't have domestic violence. 
Would you believe with me as fathers, we have an influence because men are more involved in domestic violence than women are. As fathers, we have an opportunity to influence the world around us. And I ask that as part of the prayer of us this morning, that we as fathers would stand together and say, let's make a difference in just that one area and be a people of influence. Because if we can, we will change the future of our generations because domestic violence is all about affecting the children. It's one thing to affect the parents, but if we can change domestic violence in this country, we will change the next generation because they are being influenced by it. So we can truly influence this country by being men that stand up because we know the God who was God from the beginning. Thank you. It's good. Can, can I just invite you all to stand with me today? I think there's not a single person that probably can't do with a dose of the impossible in their life. And can I just ask, just, let's just, we'll just worship a little bit. But as we worship, I want you to consider a couple of things, and then I want to pray. There's three, three things that I wanted to pray for this morning that I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to release in this place. Prayer for anyone that is sick. If you're sick, if you have an ailment, you know he's still the impossible for that? you know that when Jesus came into contact with people, they became healed? We want to pray for that this morning. The next is for purpose to be released. So that there is a life where you've given up hope that your life could actually make a difference. You've given up hope that what God could actually do through you, you've minimized it. I want it to break the ceiling. I want dreams like that Ron has. I've seen domestic violence go away in the nation of New Zealand and what he's doing and what he's working through through For a Better City. We want to start fostering those dreams to come alive again this morning. We don't want to be a people of small dreams. We want to be a people of big dreams. We want to see every kid, every single kid that's walked away from the Lord represented here to come back into faith with who he is because they're captured by what he has created them to be and them to do. The last thing that I wanna pray for is for people to accept Jesus. If you haven't accepted him, if you haven't surrendered your life, he's waiting to release the impossible in you. So let's just sing and then we will just maybe a chorus or something and we'll come back and pray. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. an ailment of any kind. Can you just, if you don't mind, you don't have to, but if you put your hand up, I'd like for, if you see anyone with their hand up, can you lay your hands on them?
God wants to use his influence through his people. If you have an ailment, look around somebody for you with their hands up and go. We're talking about a God that does the impossible. You bring your faith. You surround them as the body of Christ. Wherever you're standing, put your hands on them. Let the Spirit of God do the impossible this morning through you. Father, we just speak for a release, and everybody pray with me as we want to see him release the impossible this morning. Father, as we lay hands on those that are sick, those that have ailments, Jesus, we're speaking for the presence of the Almighty, Jesus, to infiltrate their very bones, Father. God. Lord, we speak for healing to come down in this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak for healing, for by your stripes we are healed, Jesus. We speak for faith in the impossible. What is not possible with man is possible with you. We speak release in the mighty name of Jesus. This has not happened back in the times of Jesus, but it happens today. Your spirit is just as powerful. Father, we speak for release. Just keep praying for them. the Holy Spirit is wanting us to pray for is addiction. And you don't have to be bold enough to put your hand up, but you can put your hand up if you want to pray for someone else. But I want to start declaring for addiction. Can we just, can we pray for addiction? I'm talking sexual addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Let's just lift this up before the Lord right now as a, as a body. Let's start going after it in the spirit. Let's start believing for the impossible. Jesus, we just lift before you the spirit of addiction the spirit that would replace you with something else. Father, I pray that you would break it off in the name of Jesus. We're speaking broken drug addictions right now. We're speaking broken sexual addictions that have been years. In the mighty name of Jesus, we're declaring that it's only in your presence. Only in your presence is there fullness of joy. Only in your presence is the impossible able to happen. Father, we speak a message of faith that this will be broken in the name of Jesus. But we declare against addiction to be broken in the lives of your people, Father. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for release of purpose and destiny. And this is not just me praying. Can you pray with me, saints, as we release destiny to a, a burden for our kids? There's so many parents here and their kids are in different places. Let us release destiny, purpose. Let's release those things to them in the name of Jesus. What we release on earth will be released in heaven. What is released in heaven will be released in earth. Father, we're speaking for a release of your purpose right now. Well, your people are standing in the gap right now and saying, Jesus, have your way in this place for every child that is represented here, every parent. Lord, we're speaking for your spirit to cover them right now. Father, from Cain's son, Jesus, to Francie's children, Jesus, to Emma's future children, Father God, we're speaking for the future generations. We recognize that when we pray, we pray for the impossible, Jesus. You will release the impossible. Father, let us be a people that have faith to see our, all of our children walking in the ways of the Lord, releasing your sound of influence in this place. Pray, saints. And I can't move on without giving an opportunity to receive Jesus. If you have never surrendered your life to him, 
and you feel him calling you home, would you respond this morning? Would you respond that he's calling you into life? That he has passion. That he wants to release influence like you've never imagined. That he has a destiny and a call for you. If that is you, I would love to pray with you. We would love to pray with you. Even if it's after the service and you want to come to me. We want to see you enter into his kingdom. Just pray. Let's pray for those. Get one person on your heart as we pray for them to surrender and give their life to Jesus. Father, we just, I have five names, Jesus, that I've been praying for and believing for. I lift all of them up before you right now. I speak that you would powerfully encounter them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak for your presence to fall on them where they wouldn't be able to stand. I pray that your presence would encounter them where they wouldn't be able to function because your presence is so thick around them. I pray for those that are furthest from you would be the first to jump into the boat with you. Lord, we're speaking for the impossible this morning and believing for the impossible. In the mighty name of Jesus, bring your people, bring your harvest to you in the name of Jesus. Father, and we just, we close this time this morning saying that we are a people that will be believing for the impossible. Lord, we release every single person here this week to start believing, praying, encountering your presence for the impossible. Every business represented here, Father, every family represented here will be impacted by what we carry after having been in your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, and we also lift up domestic violence in this place. Jesus, I thank you that we have a man like Ron who is passionate about being a tool for using things like that. Lord, release him in a further capacity. Jesus, I speak I speak provision over For a Better City. I speak release for For a Better City that they would, they would see the impossible happen through them. In the mighty name of Jesus, all of God's people said, amen and amen. Happy Father's Day, all. Be blessed. Dads, you get a, you get a free coffee. Ooh. And, we, and if you want some cold spaghetti, too, we've got that, too. Bless you heaps, guys. Let us go and, and release his influence. Amen.